Maybe in this case, it starts with the referees, eh? Poor officiating in the PSL. So many complaints over the years about poor officiating. There seems to be absolutely no solution. I don't know. I don't know what's going to bring an end to the madness. It's also become so common as well to hear complaints about it that one actually wonders what's going on when a week goes by and there isn't one. So the PSL's attempted to explain why domestic football is operating under such a dark cloud of poor officiating the season. And uh, before I introduce my guest, let's hear from... Uh, is it still the acting? Yes, the acting CEO of the PSL, Matomajal. I know what has been in the media, especially this week, the back club and, uh, and the referees. Referees are human. You know, at times when you look at the game, uh, you can see that uh, it's, it's human mistakes. And I, I'm hoping and I hope that it's all human error. And I hope this weekend there'll be less of those. It's not about us being ready for EVR, EVR. Uh, there are a lot of logistical challenges that we face as the league. Uh, we all know there isn't a single venue that football owns in this country, which is, which, which is which is crazy. I mean, we're the biggest supported sport, we're the biggest coach, but we don't own a single venue. We do not have a Wembley. We do not have, like if you look all over the world where they've installed EVAR, it's their venues. We don't. In South Africa, we are gypsies. Football, we are like gypsies. We move from one venue to the other. And that's one of the challenges that we are facing in terms of where do you install this VAR? And uh, the second school of thought is that it must be central, maybe in Joburg where we've got premises, offices, we buy space, we install, we monitor from there. So we're still facing those challenges. We're doing studies, we are going to different areas, different countries, where they've installed it differently to see how it works. We're still weighing those options. All right, there you have it. South Africa football's like gypsies, eh? Oh, you would say a lot about a lot of what was said there, but you get a picture in terms of how uh, the Premier Soccer League views these issues around refereeing. Uh, but it's not for me to pronounce on them. The chairperson of the appointment committee at SAFA, Ari Soldatos himself, an esteemed former official of the game. Ari, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Rob. It's good to be in your studios once again. Yeah. Is there is there a disaster, Ari? Is there calamity right now? Well, how would you describe what we're seeing, what we're hearing on a regular basis? All right, Rob, let's go back a couple of weeks. I'll be the first to concede right, right up front that certain grave errors have been made. And those errors, in fact, have had an impact on the result of the game. Those errors particularly come in the main from the assistant referees. And invariably, when the assistant referees are making the call, mm. it's got to do with a controversial issue of either offsides or ball over line. And yes, certain glaring errors have been made. Invariably, because of the impact which those errors have had on the result of the game and the public outcry which has ensued in consequence of that, many would think this is a calamity or a crisis catastrophe as you may call it but i just believe that it's just been a passing phase of certain significant errors having been made and as they say in the classics this too shall pass because 
in all the years that I have been doing this, and we've worked together for many years from that perspective, mm. I've never seen the amount of errors happen so quickly and still have impacts on the game in the manner in which they have over the last couple of weeks. But I'm hopeful that with the progression that we are actually putting in there, that this will pass. A Kevin Johnson, former coach of Amazulu, cannot say this too shall pass because his job has passed. Yes, I understand. And, and that is for lack of delivery, including the Mervyn van Veek scenario as the assistant coach. I mean, the assistant referee, and, and he as the coach then, you know, obviously goes on and, and, and loses a game, which adds on to other lost matches, et cetera, et cetera, whether by error or by not error, whatever it is, people always look at the big games. Mm. And post the big games comes the firing of certain coaches. So for them, it's a different story. And yet he was obviously, was, would you call it suspended? You know, can can I just deal with the coaches being fired because of poor refereeing calls mm-hmm. and the like? You know, I think this also from time to time has proved to be quite a useful scapegoat from various perspectives. What about individuals who miss open goals or goalkeepers who dive over the balls? Invariably, and I've heard this over many years when refereeing errors have been made, uh, the referees are costing the coach and their families the players and their families, their jobs and the like. But referees are, as we heard the CEO of the PSL say a few minutes ago, they are human. Errors will be made. But to the extent that an individual go along and say it's because of refereeing error and refereeing margin that a particular individual has lost his job is, in my view, taking it a bit too far. The Mervyn van Veek situation, yes, the suspension has been executed. And from that point of view, you would have seen he hasn't been assigned games for some time now and won't be. That particular call was a difficult, very difficult call in the circumstances for us to absorb Mm. because it wasn't even close, in fairness. And there have been a couple of offside calls which have not been close. If we have a look, for example, at Saturday's game between Chiefs and Pirates with Zakele Siwela and the offside goal against Chiefs, From that point of view, that was a close call. And in that instance, we say refereeing margin, refereeing error, it can be. But when an individual is one or two meters off sides, I attribute that personally, having been in those situations myself many times, I attribute that to lack of concentration. I attribute that to ball watching Mm -hmm. and not actually watching the second last defender properly. And those are areas that we need to make sure the assistant referees improve on and not only improve on but excel in so with that example that you've just made so Zakela Siwela is saying it was marginal and Mervyn van Veek by a mile right so that was something you could always see from a mile away including uh, you know what we saw was it the week before with Highlands Park and And Orlando Pirates Pirates. that's right you know that to me even if you were looking away from the game, you'd have seen that that was an offside. There was no way anybody who knows and understands football uh, would have deemed it otherwise. So for Zakel, just so that we are clear and the listeners are clear, then he would not get a sanction like what Mervyn got because his was marginal, deemed to be marginal. Yes, 
that would appear to be that way. It wouldn't be grossly negligent. Right. It wouldn't be reckless, Rob. That would have been a refereeing call which was made. And when you look at it, even on the replay, you can see the guy was in line, absolutely. Mm. So in my view, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to pronounce for the review committee, but I do not believe that there would be a sanction imposed there. Mm. And also, ultimately, the way things work out, worked out, it didn't have a result or an impact on the result of the game. So the Nukovic goal should have stood. It should have. It should have. Absolutely. Right. And in, in that case, let's say it doesn't get sanctioned, but does he then get at least to be told that you made an, an error, it was deemed to be marginal, and this is where you might have, could have gotten it wrong? I can tell you, Rob, you know, I was at that game, and I was in the change rooms with the officials at halftime. Mm. And invariably what happens is we don't like to talk about what has happened during the game with the officials because it takes their focus off Away. what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know what these guys do is they go back to their phones and people have WhatsApped them, their friends and everything else. And he looked at this and he was devastated. Mm. The expletives and everything that were coming out from him, it was just unbelievable. And he says, at my level, that type of error should not be made. It should not be made. I could see mm. the distress and the angst that he was going through from that point of view. Because really, having been at the World Cup, having been one of the top, if not the top assistant referees in Africa and the like, you know, you could understand that he would take that really personally. Zakele is a perfectionist. But, mm. you know, Rob, football players and referees do go through phases. Mm. You know, we do also fall out of form from time to time. Mm. And, 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 and that's why and, and that's why I'm giving you the latitude to explain from a Zakele Siwela because we, we all know him. He was the only gentleman from this country to be in Russia uh, for the World Cup. It says a lot. He's represented on so many different major events within the umbrella of CAF and FIFA as well. So he's not somebody that we can look down on and say, you know, he is an up-and-coming person. I would rather say in terms of your view when it comes to the appointment and you've got a, a young Shavani who's there mm. um, and he's been given the game of Orlando Pirates versus Kaiser Chiefs on the back of a week where everything has been about referees and who's benefiting and who's not benefiting all these words that have been flying about what then says to Ari Soldatos I'll take the youngster Jelly and send him to Durban to do a Soweto derby and I would take a Victor Chlewani with all the experience, former referee of the year, et cetera, et cetera, and give him Golden Arrows versus Supersport United, for example. When you're trying to redeem that, that is the refereeing scenario and how referees are perceived in the country right now, which is the image of the referees. What, what, what would inform that decision, Ari? A couple of things, Rob. Yes, the Victor Klungwanis, the Victor Gomes of the world and the like. We understand the experience and, of course, commensurate with that experience, the respect which they command in the scheme of things. I understand mm. that. But there also comes a point in time where you need to throw some of the less experienced referees into the cauldron, so to speak. In the particular instance of Jelly Chavani, we looked at his assessments over the last period we looked at the fact that he's very fit. 
psychologically we thought he's equipped to do a game of this particular magnitude. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, he's going to struggle. And absolutely the players are going to test him because every single one of us, including myself, in the early days of officiating are tested by the players when they gauge your inexperience and the fact that you're the new kid on the block, mm. so to speak. In this particular instance, a Victor Klungwani, for example, could not do Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates because he did Kaiser Chiefs and Sundowns the week before. Right. Also with some controversy, you remember yeah, yeah. the goal or the no goal or whatever, which I'm pleased turned out to be the correct decision. But that that's not the con- the controversy or the lack thereof is not the determining mm. feature. Mm. What's ultimately the feature is who do we think right at this point in time could handle a game of this magnitude? And all things being considered, yes, we did. We looked at this and we thought, this is a man who at some stage needs to get out there and get the exposure. And let's see how well he does under pressure. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you know, I should have actually brought the match commissioner's covering email with his assessment, Mark Linden. Yeah. It said something along the lines of, if ever there was a tester and a baptism of fire for you, Jelly, this was it. This game had everything in it. Mm. Conflict, mass confrontation, penalties, red cards, yellow cards, offside goals, and the like. And he said, in many instances, you were correct. Mistakes were made. But from a game such as this, you're going to mature. You will learn and you will grow. Mm. And Rob, that is all part of the not the developmental phase, but the phase of the progression path of referees onto bigger things. We need to understand and we need to make peace with the fact that the more experienced guys are getting older now. And of course, in line with the development and in line with the progression path, which we at SAFA seek to actually implement, at some stage, these individuals have to actually be brought in. And I hear your point. After the week and after the weeks, in yeah. fact, which we've had, why at this point in time bring a Chavani in? Well, when else do we do it? The All way- right. Hold on to that. Sure. Why else should we do it? I want to take the news as well. We'll no come problem. back. We'll continue with uh, Ari right. Soldatos. Any questions? 0605842250. I think I'm also going to ask him after the news. The, the, this whole thing's kind of worrying me in my head about referees and cell phones at halftime. Hmm. Hashtag MSW. I rope all the problems today. I gave all the problems. I'm sure he's tired not only from looking at the match, but managing more. It was more of a Bondarenko situation. You remember Bondarenko Tsolos? They used to drag him and hold him. And I'm not that kind of a person. But when an official comes to you and asks that you want a whistle, listen, I mean, I mean, when a foul happens, it is natural that we scream, that hey, foul. But if he says we want a whistle, that's sheer arrogance. I cannot accept arrogance. Arrogance is disrespect. I just wanted to put that across to him. And even when he gave me a yellow card, it was at the back of that. Now I'm saying to the youngster, he just came back from MDC. This guy has been doing MDC matches. We've been in the PSL. Listen, we don't, we, we don't want to come up and maybe sound like we're arrogant and all that. We've been here for so long. We've interacted with top referees with utmost respect. And they have respected us. But you can't come here and want to bully us. We, we want him to grow. But his growth must not be at the, at the expense of riding on our backs and scratching our backs. You can grow, ride on my back, but leave my back smooth. 
So I could not allow that. And how old is this guy? 20, 20 something? He's a kid, he must have respect for people. Please check his age. And beyond being an official, you must tell him must respect elders. You don't talk to that. If he didn't get a good upbringing from his place, then he has a responsibility to be, res because now when you're working here, you got to respect professionals. If he didn't get respect from anything, he was just being dis- I wouldn't, I, I, I won't take that, never. Not in my world. All right, so that was uh, Steve Campbell in reaction to Jelly Chavani. Were you aware of uh, the slight confrontation that the two had? I was aware of the fact that there had been some misgivings raised about equipment or something which had actually occurred before the game. I was not aware of the extent of the confrontation, neither have I actually heard Coach Compella's interview up until now, Rob. Mm. But in my appointment of Chavani for that particular game, that would not have impacted on, mm. even if I had, on the appointment one way or the other. But just one thing, the conduct, thing, though, the, yes. the conduct of saying, you know, you want the whistle type of story. Well, yeah. you know, one thing that personally I do not wish to tolerate and won't tolerate is arrogance coming out from the officials. And that's not something that we espouse to from a refereeing committee perspective. If individuals are abusing their positions and if they're arrogant and if they're rude and if they're condescending to players, to coaches, to the management team, whatever, they must be dealt with, absolutely. And in that regard, what I would like, if there is any misdemeanors attributed to any one or more of our officials, that an official complaint is launched through the PSL with SAFA in relation to this, and it must be investigated, and our officials must, our officials must be appropriately disciplined. No excuse for arrogance. Do you ever bow down to public pressure? Personally, no. Do my referees? Perhaps. Mm. Um, I think they're human. And Rob, as you would know, over the last period, we're very much in a transitional phase. We're bringing young individuals in for the purposes of bleeding them into the top structures. As I said, the old stalwarts on the way out are or are out already. Mm -hmm. And from that particular point of view, I believe that because they're subject to so much pressure and because every single bit of their actions are being monitored and scrutinized and inevitably criticized on a weekly basis, I believe deep down that they do. Mm -hmm. And that's something which I'm hoping that through more training, through more experience and the ability that we seek to actually give them and empower them to ensure that they execute the laws of the game effectively and as FIFA would require, that that too would improve. Now, you know, you have individuals, for example, such as Khlungwani and Gomes. They've been around for many years. Mm -hmm. But even in their early days, their personality and their temperament was such that they wouldn't bow to the public pressure. Certain officials perhaps aren't as strong. And when our, where our particular challenges lie in that regard is to get their psychological aptitude right that they don't succumb. I remember reading an article, I think it was Timothy Malobi, um, who was saying that at the time, you know, why didn't Safa, you know, say anything about, was it Sean Oliver, or Sean Oliver, sorry, yes. uh, after his, his mistake in the game between Cape Town City uh, as well as Kaiser Chiefs, uh, that was in August. Mm. So I think that was on the back of what, what had transpired uh, with the Mervyn van Veek sanction. Uh, to say that, well, because a lot of noise was made around that, maybe not so much noise was made 
around Sean's one? I remember the Sean Oliver incident and I remember seeing it myself. After that particular incident, if I recall correctly from an appointments perspective, mm-hmm. I put Assistant Referee Olive on the back burner. I think I may have given him one or two NFD games. I don't think since then he has had any PSL games. You see, this is the important distinction, Robert. It's mm-hmm. important that the listeners understand this about how the appointments committee operates. We take our cue from the review, of course. And when the review imposes a sanction and that's endorsed by the National Referees Committee, we will implement it. But appointments of officials is not a right. It's a privilege. So if we see something that Mm. is untoward, if we see something where there's an error or something to that effect, and we believe that that particular individual Rightly or wrongly, from Mm. our particular perspective, should not be appointed in the next couple of weeks. We don't. So we don't necessarily wait for the review Mm. to give us some type of endorsement one way or another. We act on it almost immediately. So, yes, what that means is we've got to be pretty alert. We've got to see what's going on out there in the football space. We've got to watch games. We've got to look at the match commissioner's reports and the like. And we've got to be on our toes from that perspective. But... Yes. As to why the review from that particular perspective took so long, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, I think there was a couple of weeks um, before that, and I think a whole lot of decisions came out in one hit after that. But from an appointments perspective, we basically override any of that and take immediate action if we believe that there is something which is amiss. Let me take this opportunity while we talk about review, mm-hmm. and we all saw the really ghastly tackle um, from Son of Tottenham Hotspur yes. over the weekend. And he was immediately given a red card and obviously his marching orders and the distraught. And it was everybody saw the injury and, you know, I think we all saw what happened there. But by, what is today, Wednesday? By Tuesday, yesterday, the review committee came through and said they rescind that red card. That's right. So immediately action is taken um son can now play over the weekend uh so that card boom is gone so there's always a feeling from us as south african football lovers that wherever this review committee is and sits and deliberates it takes a lot of time if ever well sometimes some of these decisions never come back and we never know what happens uh you know ever should we not have as this professional football league as we purported to be also be professional enough that when a wrongful person, mistaken identity is is at the order of the day and the wrong red is given or wrong call was made or exactly what we're talking about now, that those things are rectified within 48 hours. You know, Rob, let me put it this way. First of all, the review committee sits every Tuesday without fail. Mm -hmm. They have a thankless task, really. And particularly of late, where there's been a considerable amount of these incidents, which we're speaking about. They sit every Tuesday, and invariably within 48 hours, we are aware of what their decisions are from that point of view. What you're saying to me is perhaps the public ought to be made aware from that point of view as to what the decisions are. And that's something which I think we've discussed previously and which either the National Referees Committee or my bosses from SAFA need to make a call on and say, is this something we're prepared to do? Personally, I endorse that. I think people should know 
because I think it quells the situation as well. Because I would love to call you, Ariana Jews, there and say, all right, before we go to the room dividers, here's the latest coming out of the review committee. After mm. we saw whatever incident is, what is the sanction? Surely news like that helps. I mean, I remember good old Zolama Javu when he was still uh, the DC prosecutor within the Premier Soccer League. He would get out of a meeting, give us an update about the sanctions that were given. Right now, we don't even know who to talk to within the PSL for any update about any DC because people are always angry because of what we're saying on radio. So instead of them being angry with whatever's happening there, they should stop being angry about what radio is saying and focus on their job. So for me, I think that communication, Ari, that we've identified now is crucial. Yes, I agree that communication is critical. I think that perhaps a lot of the difficulties would be averted if people were aware of what was going on. I agree absolutely. But one thing that I do need to draw to your attention is that review committee works very hard. And they invariably come out with their decisions almost instantaneously. Bear in mind, Rob, Mm. and this is the difficulty which we face over here. And you played it in a little snippet earlier on about professionalization. And you mentioned the word in your question to Mm. me. The Barclays Premiership. The PGMOL, all of these, these guys are full-time professionals. This is their job. This is what they do. Everything that we do within the refereeing context here is done by people who volunteer, really. You know, we've got our day jobs, so to speak, and the referees themselves have their day jobs. You know what it's like for an individual to have to be assigned. We've got a full, almost a full complement of fixtures midweek this week, yesterday and tonight. These guys have got to leave their jobs, take leave, either annual leave or unpaid leave, and beg their bosses if they can be released. Invariably, if the game is on a Wednesday, they need to leave their homes on the Tuesday. They fly on the Wednesday morning, and they come back to work on Friday morning. That's the week gone for them. So basically, they have to take their ties or their overalls or whatever job they do off, put on their refereeing kit, come to a ground, deal with the pressures invariably, which we are discussing today, Mm. then go back to their respective homes and put on their, their ties and their overalls once again and pick it up from there. You know... What we're trying to do, and this is where I really think that sometimes the soccer-loving public are a little bit harsh on our guys, is that they expect the absolute professionalism of full-time professional referees where these guys are really just nothing other than part-timers. And Can we I call think, them amateur? Yeah. Because if you're not professional, yes, then you're amateur. absolutely. So amateur referees yes. refereeing a professional football league. Absolutely. And we mentioned earlier on that I do believe they get paid well. Yeah. I do believe that the refereeing structure in terms of remuneration What do they is, get paid per match now? Is fair. Rob, to be absolutely honest, I don't know. But I think it might be in the order of four or four and a half thousand rand. I'm not entirely certain. Yeah. But you know that they paid well, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. And okay. they get a stipend and everything else. So, you know... One thing that we can't complain about is the money as per match fees and the like. Mm. But when you compare that to what the counterparts are getting in the United Kingdom and the Bundesliga and Serie A and everything else, you're not comparing apples with apples. Okay, really. I hope you've got that figure when you come back from a break. Ari Soldatos is my guest. How much are they earning in the UK, in the Bundesliga? 0605842250. An important conversation. Hashtag MSW. I Rob, how are you? Me, personally, I'm not surprised with what is going on regarding the referees in the PSL. This started a long time ago. Even last season, I was shocked 
Abunile Tom had a horrible game against Sundowns Elondo Paris. And I think it followed up on the game. I think it was a Pirates again, then somewhere, somehow. He had terrible week that, but I was surprised that he came out as the best ref in the PSL. I mean, clearly I'm not surprised. This is what we are embracing. We're embracing mediocrity. Uh, evening, Brarop. You know, it's about time, our PSL. They must hire referees on a permanent basis. Because our referees are out there, they are policemen, they are teachers, they are there. The training is not enough. And they come there, they make human error, they come there. I think somewhere maybe bribe is being used, but it's just speculations. But you can see, we cannot have such mistakes every, every week, week in, week out. People are losing jobs just because of that. And they are not held liable. When coaches talk, the PSL send them letters, they get fined. What must happen? Come on, guys. That's spoiling our league. Okay, I see you give I rap and you go on a team or in person and the team, it team all straight. At least it's over and so much. And look to us as a much as team all we ship it him all Bagumun to Balapa Pezulu and my camera alocos. Isn't go see good neighbor a mushroom Yamana road. Yeah, no cash one in the sea Hi Mara, what's going on? Um, can you please ask the gentleman, is it feasible for the PSL or the SAFA to have um, the independent review panel uh, to review all the decisions the our referees are making over the weekend so that some other red cards are given, can they be reviewed? Are yellow cards given, can they be reviewed on like a week, uh, maybe the following week. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. Siabulele um, Loilane has been tweeting us um, a great deal tonight. And one of the tweets that she sends is, uh, why can't we then have full-time referees who are dedicated to refereeing as a career and a job? Where does the insurance sponsorship feature and what's the benefits? Ari, able to help us quickly with that one? Yeah. You may have read, Rob, and heard that the insurance sponsorship has become a matter of litigation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in a position to comment at this point in time until such time as that litigation is resolved. I believe it's been set down for an arbitration either towards the latter part of this year or early next year. So I can't comment on that right now. Mm-hmm. But they, can they be or can't they be, with or without the insurance sponsorship, be full-time referees who are well-paid and focusing solely on the beautiful game of football? Well, that's an ideal, really. We would love that. And certainly from my personal perspective, that's something that I would endorse. But, of course, the money's got to come from somewhere, and the money would be fairly considerable. Mm. So in order to introduce full-time referees, we'd certainly need a significant sponsor to come to the party and assist us from that point of view. Okay, because there obviously seems to be a disagreement between the association and the league with regards to the one that we were talking about now. Uh, Siabulet also says in our leagues, it's so bad. I just finished a game where both teams were on the field, except the referees for a fixture that was confirmed weeks ago. Clubs must bear the costs uh, to go back and replay 
we are already financially strained, then the referees don't pitch up. So it, it's it's a lot that's going on, and we have so many voice notes. Other, and we got you know Lesiba that's holding on. We got a live game that's here. Max Mapunyane's you haven't seen him since um, you know certain political parties were freed. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to thank you though, Ari, for coming through, and I really want to do a follow up. Uh, last the team will will phone Lesiba back the next time you come through. Um, and also just give people a chance to to chat to you directly because I know how strongly they feel about all of this. Sure. But thanks for your accountability as always. Thanks, Rob. It's always good yeah. being on your show. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. I wanted to find out if you thought uh, Lodge should have been sent off. Because for me, yeah. that was a red card. Yeah. You should have. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Good. Thank you so much, Sam. Ari Soldatos. Oh, as always, uh, you know this thing called time. We have to make way. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Tower standing by. Of course, Metro Vam Talk. Metro will catch up with you tomorrow. Thank you very, very much indeed. And as I say, Dumli Leggins are standing by down in Port Elizabeth. It is a Kaiser Chiefs up against the Chipper United. Massive, massive game indeed. You're ill in the build-up to the Soweto Derby. And of course, the game of Lou starts with you. Take it over. Enjoy. Already, Robert. Thank you so much. And it's about nine seconds since uh, it has started. Of course, it's Chippa United up against Kaiser Chiefs. And uh, Chiefs, of course, have made their final stop of the Indian Ocean visit in a space of what five days. Take on uh, the uh, winless Chippa United so far. Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium, a drizzle just before the start, and it has subsided thus far. As Akpay, uh, the former Chippa United, then is. Uh, Having a ball to the middle of the park now. Chiefs on the go. They've made uh, a wholesale changes, of course, in that team. They've retained only four players. Daniel Akpay, Daniel Cardoso, and Willak Katsan, and also Semir Nekovic. And the rest are just new getting a chance here. And uh, the noise you're hearing, of course, is uh, Chippa United on the ball. Twelve on the left-hand side.